Welcome to Wellspring on the Air, where professional Christian counselors share practical life and Bible insights. Why? Because hearts and minds matter. We're glad you joined our show today to hear from our host, Tova Kreps, president of Wellspring Counseling in Miami. Tova is a licensed therapist with many years of experience as a Christian counselor. Tova teaches, writes, and consults, and Life FM is pleased to have Wellspring Counseling restoring hearts and minds in our community. Welcome to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Tova, and with me today is a special guest, a very dear friend of mine, Pat Ritzma. And we have a special show for you guys today. It is about how do we help families who have special needs kids. And you know, that's probably all of us know somebody. If they're not in our home, we know people in our lives who have special needs. And the question is, how do we as believers take care of those people? How do we love them well, especially for the parents? So my guest with me today is Pat Ritzma. Pat, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tova. Hello. And I'm going to have Pat tell us all about herself and about the book she's writing on this. She's an expert on this topic of special needs kids. So stick with us on this show. We've got some great stuff coming up. All right, let's start, Pat. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I spent uh, my career in education and loving children and families and uh, trying to find ways that children could thrive. What does your career mean? What, what's your career been? Well, I was a regular education um, teacher and special education, developed special learning programs in a Christian school. And I worked in a clinical school. I was a principal, counselor, and taught at FIU University uh, teachers how to deal with special needs children. So you've had an entire career. You're now retired. I'm now retired. And you're in town visiting, and I'm just so happy. And so for those of you out there, Pat and I knew each other when I was a counselor at Westminster Christian School. It was many years ago, and we spent a few wonderful years together getting to know each other. And, and Pat was uh, loving support to me as a parent, as well as uh, professionally. So I've asked Pat to come here. She's in town because she's speaking here publicly. She's just a great speaker and has now written this book on special needs kids. So, Pat, what's the name of your book? Uh, the name of our book is What Am I to Do? Navigating the LDADHD Parenting Journey because we really wanted to support parents. And the book is specific. It's not Asperger's. It's not Spectrum. It's tell us what who it's for. Exactly. We're really dealing with children who have learning differences, LDs, ADD, ADHD issues. So you said learning differences, not learning disabilities. Why did you use that word? I just don't care for that word disability, even though it is something that most people understand clearly. I, I believe more in neurodiversity, and, but we have to use that word sometimes just to communicate on the same page. So what was the word diversity, would you just say? Neurodiversity. Neurodiversity. What does that mean? Well, it's a new term coming out now, actually by an autistic lady who doesn't like the idea of impairment, disability, just because somebody learns differently. And um, I just think it's a very rich word, and I think it's important for us to understand we all learn differently. We need to know our own strengths and our weaknesses. And yes, there are times we need to have that diagnosis that says it's a disability, just so we know how to intervene. So good. So that's the book. And who's the book for? Well, the book really is for parents, parents who are in that journey of navigating their child through school with a learning disability or an attention issue. We always believe if we can just get them out of school, they often have wonderful, successful careers. Now, you mean actually through school? Through school. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Okay, <laughs> if we can help them survive school yes. and still have their self-esteem intact, their confidence intact, right? That's the goal? That is the goal. I, I just so strongly believe that parents are so key and parents need support because it's a tough road. They often feel they're all alone on a dark, lonely road, and people don't understand. It's not like a visible handicap, like in a wheelchair or, you know, with crutches and glasses. It's invisible. And so it isn't always clearly understandable, and people want to judge them or tell them how to just tell their children to behave. And they need support because it is a, it, it can be a long, lonely road. Well, you use the word road. It really is a road. It's a journey. It's a, it's journey. a path. It's something that you start. So, so let's talk about that for a little bit. I remember you teaching me way back when, when I was a counselor there, that you said, oh, Toby, it takes about two years for the time that a child enters school and the first teacher says, I think there's an issue with your child. About two years before the parents finally say, I have a child with learning issues. And that that first piece of the journey is really, is this even true? Their first round, the first year, they're mad at the teacher. They want a new teacher, bad teacher, bad teacher, right? Right. And then eventually they begin, the next year, the next teacher says the same thing, and then their principal says the same thing, or the counselor says the same thing, and then they begin to really take that first step, which is getting past denial, getting past the beginning of grief and loss that I don't have the ideal child I fantasized I'd have, right? Exactly, Tova. I, you know, when I think about parents and all their dreams when they have that first child, they begin either on their own to notice their development mm -hmm. is not smooth, that there are bumps in the road, or a teacher begins to say they aren't fitting in with the norm of my classroom. It is very painful. And so it, it takes time to to let that dream dissolve and reality set in and to take those difficult steps of entering a crossroad. Am I going to test? Am I not? And often the husband and wife disagree and it causes conflict within the home. So, so that first piece of the journey is getting past denial, starting to face the truth, grieving the loss of the ideal, and then you have crossroads. So what are the crossroads? Well, a crossroad often becomes a place where the school may say, we can't meet their needs. Mm -hmm. Or you really need to get them tested. And we're talking thousands of dollars and they mm -hmm. have no money. Or one parent says, no, we're not going to do it. And the other parent just wants to do it desperately. Uh, the financial, you know, problems. So yeah, it can become a very complicated crossroad. I can picture a parent one time in my office saying, well, I'm ADD and I got through it. He can just tough it out. <laughs> and we're and the wife sitting there going, yeah, and you could have used a little help. <laughs> exactly. You're so right. And the other thing is sometimes, many times, as I would explain to a parent what we're noticing and how we think we could intervene to help, um, I will have a parent start crying and say, oh, I wish somebody had known that for me. Could have mm. saved me a very difficult school journey. Yes, sometimes it is a genetic thing, and that can make it even harder for them to admit or then see it was them or grieve the fact that they didn't get it and that whole process. Exactly. You talked about the stress or conflict in a marriage. Let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. That That is hard, right? It's very real. Uh, I can't remember the statistic right offhand, but the divorce level with when they have children with special needs is very high. Very high. Because mm. 
each one is bringing to the table their own experience, their own knowledge, their own dreams for that child. And often it is, takes a very long time for them to both get on the same page mm. and say, we have to do this for our child. And the stressor is financial. The stress is time because they usually take more time to take care of, to manage, to take to appointments, to take for tutoring, for all the different things that you, you may have to do. Got conflicts with the other kids that they're getting less because this one has special needs. Conflicts have, between the parents about how how to handle these things. And sometimes you have one parent who says just discipline and the other one who's saying, you know, compensating for that by being tuned. And sometimes I see family systems where they get really out of whack because one is too harsh. So the other one makes up for the harshness by being too soft. And then the one being harsh is needing to make up for the softness by being harsher and they really become polarized. Yes. And then the resentment builds and often we end up with a triangle and the child's right there in the middle and then the siblings are watching it all feeling like they're being deprived so you can just feel the dynamic within the family mm -hmm. which is why it, we felt it was so important to write the book for parents rather than teachers there are plenty of books for teachers but there really on the market aren't that many books for parents and Parents are the key, Tova. They, they're the ones who build the confidence within the child. They see their beauty. They see their strength. They are loved unconditionally by both parents, but often it's shown so differently, and the child doesn't feel it. So the parent is the one to be sure that that child feels like he is so special. So the parents have to really work on having a vision for their child as successful, and that they don't always have that. Sometimes they are desperately afraid. My child's never going to make it in life. They're never going to get a job. They're never going to do it. And, and yet they're the keeper of the vision. They have to cast it for their child, too, that you have a different style, but you can do it. You can, and, and that parent has to work on creating a vision in their head of their child succeeding, right? I love the way you said that. Keeper of the vision. Yes, because particularly as Christians, we believe that God is the designer and he formed the child and created the child. And even though our particular society says that he has a disability or he's not measuring up in some way, God has design and purpose. And if the parent understands that and believes that, that is the tool they can use to get themselves through the dark, lonely roads. So part of the healing for them is to develop a Christian worldview. A Christian world and life, biblical world and life view. Of their child. Of their and child. And their child's potential. And, and for themselves, that they don't have to be a perfect parent, that there's no such thing as a perfect parent. But if they can be a loving parent, a supportive parent, a parent that really uh, sees the value in that child just the way God sees the value in us and communicates that to the child, that can take the child through all the valleys of their lives, I think. And I think it's the parents who are going to notice the gifts of their children, too. So, yes, you have to work harder than other kids in this area because you have a disability or a difference, yeah. <laughs> but they also can, can develop a particular strength. And the parents are the ones you're going to notice, but you're really good at blank. 
right? Yes, and not only notice, but go to the extra mile to get them the art lessons or, or, you know, to get them to a camp or to, you know, to really help them to maximize those strengths and those gifts so that they can know that they can find pleasure in life while they're hating homework and school and trying (laughs) to get through, that there are things that they can go to to refresh and, you know, to renew themselves. Very, very important. Well, you've got good stuff here. We're going to take a little break, and uh, we'll be right back. I'm here with Pat Ritzman today talking about how to love and care for special needs children of ours or people around us, and we'll be right back. Traumatized youth are evident in all walks of society, in the news, and in our communities. Wellspring Counseling helps community youth overcome the traumas of violence, sexual abuse, grief, and loss, through a summer program called Bounce. Bounce Trauma Resolution Program helps youth process their trauma and learn resilience through intensive experiential therapies like art and horse-assisted therapy in a fun, camp-like Christian atmosphere. This program is partially funded by a Miami-Dade County grant, but we still need your support. Would you sponsor a youth who has experienced a severe traumatic event in Miami-Dade County to attend Bounce? Go to wellspringmiami.org bounce or call 786-573-7010 to donate by phone. Welcome back to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Tova Kreps, and with me today on our show is Pat Ritzema. Hi again, Pat. Hey, Tova. So glad to be here. Pat is my very special guest. She's special because she's been my friend for a long time and a mentor to me. And she's here today to talk about how do we love and care for special needs kids, particularly those with uh, learning disabilities or learning differences, ADD, ADHD, and for the parents of those. But I think this applies to everybody who's out here listening to this show because we all know someone who has some of these things, and we all need to learn how to love and care for and be supportive of people who have special learning styles. So uh, with that, let's move in. And, and Pat Ritzman has written a book with her friend, Myrna Eason, and the book is called what? It is called, uh, What Am I to Do? Uh, it's the LD and ADHD parenting journey and navigating the journey start to finish. And it's really designed for parents, and it's from a Christian worldview, right? It's a Christian biblical world life view, because I believe that is just so foundational in understanding the value of the child, no matter how he learns or develops. What is the biblical worldview of having a special needs child? Well, I think if we believe foundationally that God is our designer, that he knew us before we were even born, formed in the womb, and that he made us for his pleasure and he made us for his purpose, then we need to trust. We need to trust that even though the valleys are deep, that God is at work and that we prayerfully support our child in getting through this uh, difficult journey and We'll be delighted later to see how God is going to work in that life. You know, you're so right, Pat. I mean, God has designs for these. He has designs for each one of us in any of our trials. We have all sorts of trials in our lives. They may be physical handicaps. They may be uh, bad things that happen to us, which we work with at Wellspring with trauma. It may be these learning disabilities. It could be all sorts of things. But God's worldview is that he allows these trials. He has plans for our lives. And he works not only in spite of these things that happen to us, but he works through them. Um, I know you talked about, as we prepare for the show, just sort of your book talking about the blessings and lessons along the journey. What, what do you mean by that? And tell us about that piece. Well, you know, 
we have a choice uh, what we're going to focus on. And I think it's so important to focus on, you know, the highlights and to, I call it snapshot moments that, you know, even when you're in the midst of a, a trial, God allows moments where beauty shines through or truth or value. And I think it's important for a parent to capture those moments in their heart, almost like a snapshot and put it in a album. It could be a lesson. It could be a blessing. It could be a glimpse of their child where they just see something unique and special about them. And I think when we're meaningfully uh, looking for the positive, we will see more of it. And that's true in every area of our lives. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I know another thing we talked about that you mentioned in the book and that we'd like to mention here is neuroplasticity. Tell me what that means. Well, neuroplasticity is just a wonderful new, not that new, but it is a concept that not everybody's heard of. But to me, it just gives hope because what it's saying, it's saying that the brain is plastic. And we used to believe that your IQ was fixed that your behavior was determined, predetermined. And now with all the new research coming out, we are understanding that new pathways can be formed. And so with new practice, with new information, we can rewire uh, the brain. And so they call it neuroplasticity. And um, for children who have learning differences, vital because they can just practice new skills, new strategies, and build new pathways. So it gives hope. Yeah, and our brains will compensate. So I think, let's say we lose a limb or you lose your eyesight, your brain will find, will increase and enhance your hearing. And so it'll find new ways to get the information. And so for people who have some sort of learning deficit or disability, their brain is going to actually become better in another way if they work at it. So the choice is, do I give up and say, I can't do this? Or do I push through to find a different way for me? I think I have an analogy here that I've used often. And that is that, you know, it is a handicap that is visible. If you're in a wheelchair, that curb, we can see why somebody can't get over the curb in a wheelchair. But if it's invisible, like a mental illness, or like a learning disability, we can't see why they can't do just this little thing. And so but for that person, they need to understand that they have choices too. They can feel stuck in line and say, you know, I can't go over the curb the same way everybody else does and just be angry or depressed and stuck and then I can't do it. Or they can say, everything for me is less convenient. I have to go all the way around to the end of the sidewalk to find the ramp and then all the way back up. And so accepting, yes, I, I have to take a harder path for everything I do than somebody who's not in a wheelchair, but I have a choice. I can be stuck or I can say, it takes me longer to get there. Wait till I get around the path. And that's kind of the same thing about neuroplasticity. It's like, let your brain learn another way to do it. But that's hopeful. I can get there. And maybe I'll find something different or exciting in my life because I'm always taking these little side paths, right? Exactly. And, you know, as a parent, we have that opportunity to encourage them with that kind of thing, to, to keep on keeping on and, you know, to reward them and to show them the upside of working hard. Because, yes, we'd love to say, well, you don't have to do it then, but then we are handicapping them. So we really do need to continue to set goals and vision for them. But that's why I think vision is so important, because a parent can cast a vision of what the child could be, and that they believe in that child, the child will begin to capture it and believe it too. 
Mm-hmm. And so that, I think, is part of the task of a parent. But if a t- parent is burned out and tired and weary for fighting all the little battles because people are judging them and comparing their child to them, they get very discouraged. So they need to be taken care of, and they need support, and they need encouragement. So to keep going on that journey, the parents really need extra good self-care. Extra good self-care. What would you recommend? Well, it seems to me that we are talking a little bit more about it in the media lately. The the idea of breathing, taking a moment, being mindful of Mm -hmm. beauty and nature, uh, going for a massage, going to counseling and having Mm -hmm. somebody understand them and giving a place to vent the negative feelings in a safe place so then they can go back and feel like they can do it again. So self-care, in our, in our book, we talk, talk about it as rest stops. We need to refuel the mind, the body, the soul, and the spirit. And each person, again, needs to find their way. It could be journaling. It could be uh, counseling. It could be walking, exercise. Um, but the important thing is they have to give themselves permission that this is a vital thing for me to do. It's like if you're preparing for a marathon, you're going to eat more of the healthy foods, you're going to make sure you get the rest, you're going to work to, to recognize that you're about to take this feat on that you need to give extra care for yourself for. And so you're saying for parents, of, and for any of us who have any kind of trials in life, we need to say, okay, I'm going to be on this long journey. I have a hard journey. I, I'm, I'm running a marathon here. So what do I have to do that's above and beyond what other people have to do in order to, to sustain the journey? And to not burn out and to not get tired and not just be angry about it. I'm going to have to do extra care. So I know we're coming close to the end of our time here. We're with Pat Ritzma on Wellspring on the Air. and We're talking about how to handle special needs kids. And Pat Ritzma has written a book along with her friend Myrna Eason about for parents who are having this journey of having a special needs child. And I know it's very encouraging for those parents out there. But, but Pat, as we start to move towards the end here you had some strategies and interventions what are those and what would you recommend for some of these parents who are managing these children well i believe that it's important for us to know ourselves, and therefore it's important for the child to know themselves so there are all kinds of learning style exams and you know little things you can do on the computer and once you understand that you're a visual learner or you're an auditory learner I mean all of us look at ourselves like that and then we devise ways in our jobs or in the home or in the kitchen or wherever we are to work around things that don't work well for us and focus on the things that we need like if we need extra color we need extra repetitions so children need that too and they can find ways to to use color and uh, technology. And there are so many strategies out there now and interventions, but they are all useless unless you really know yourself. Mm -hmm. And what are your strengths and weaknesses? So I think it's important to start right there. And then to begin to accumulate, I call them tools in their toolbox, so that if you get in a situation where you're not performing the way you want to, you can look in your little toolbox and say, I think I need to add 
more color or more repetition or whatever. So I think that's a very important part of, of learning strategies. It's really true. One of my daughters was working on some of this stuff when she was a kid, and uh, we discovered that she needed to be on the trampoline to memorize for her test. So she would get out there, and she would bounce. If she moved her body, her brain worked to memorize. So she would be literally bouncing on the trampoline doing her, her memorization, and it was a strategy that I, we still jump on the trampoline a lot in our family, and, and she's off at college now, and now she's back, and the first thing she does is go out to that trampoline. So that's a strategy in our toolbox. And and my son used the uh, rocking chair. He would sit in the kitchen and he would rock in the chair wildly (laughs) while he was learning his uh, spelling words or his Bible. So yes, kinesthetic is a very overlooked part of the learning strategies that we need to understand, particularly in boys. And we could do a whole show about boys and how they really do need extra support and strategies and interventions that speak to their physical being. Yeah, and then we put them in a chair at school and say, don't move, don't move. And so, you know. And take away recess or reduce recess. So, yes. I remember somebody saying to me once that the cure, this is a, a professional, but the cure for ADD in adulthood is to get the right job. And I I love that because it's really about if you know yourself and you know what you're really good at, in addition to the strategies for what you're not good at, one of the things is to adjust your life to your strengths. And you get to do that in a career. And that's where the parents who have a vision for their kids can say, this is the career that fits what you do well. And, and the kids need to learn that for themselves. We all need to learn that for ourselves. You know, it's that whole thing of, you know, square pegs and round holes and school is made up of nothing but round holes. And so a lot of people don't fit in the school structure, auditory learning, sitting still, all these things. And yet in life, they don't need to just keep trying to make themselves round. They can just go find a job that's square, right? Exactly. And I think a prayerful parent who has envisioned their child and had a vision for their child and has encouraged them in their strengths, that child develops inside of themselves a passion. And we see it in the media all the time. People who've had severe dyslexia or attention issues or or even mental illness Mm -hmm. issues, anxiety, when they get out in the real world, they can follow their passion and they can do the things that they're really good at. And we want to put a lot of that in our book, success stories. You know, people who have gone before, who've done this hard journey and have thrived at the end. Okay. So I want you to tell our listeners again, what is the name of your book? What Am I to Do? LD ADHD Parenting Journey. But that book is not out yet, correct? It's correct. coming out soon. So how can they get information about you or, or about this topic? Well, I do have a blog. It's patriciaritzma.com and a Facebook page called Navigating the LDADHD Parenting Journey and has lots of resources. And it'll as soon as the book is ready, it will be published. And, and how do they find you? I know you have a blog, too. I have a blog. It's just patriciaritzma.com. PatriciaRitzema.com. Uh-huh. And they can keep up on some of this, maybe even write you some letters or ask some questions, right? Any anytime. And we have a, a Facebook page called Navigating the LD ADHD Parenting Journey. And many helps, you know, strategies and very helpful hints. And resources. And resources are continually being placed on that Facebook page. 
And Wellspring is a resource, too, for counseling, mm-hmm. for being that safe place where you don't get judged for maybe having negative feelings as a parent or being burned out. You never want to tell your kid you're tired of them, but sometimes we are tired and we just need a place to be tired and then we can regroup, self-care, get back in the game, see it from God's perspective and love well, right? Excellent. And if you would like to write to us, we would love to hear from you on the air at wellspringmiami.org. Email us, tell us your questions. If you can't remember Pat Ritzma's name, Patricia Ritzma, and you can ask us and I'll forward it to her. And it's time to wrap up. This is Tova Krebs with Wellspring on the Air because hearts and minds matter. Wellspring on the Air is a production of Wellspring Counseling, a nonprofit professional counseling center with multiple locations in Miami-Dade County. Wellspring therapists are licensed by the state of Florida and Christian in their worldviews. They have wide ranges of clinical expertise, including marriage, family, anxiety, depression, and trauma. Their diverse group of therapists includes several who speak Spanish or Portuguese. If you would like to know more about Wellspring's services of counseling and education, go to their website at wellspringmiami.org or give them a call at 786-573-7010 or email them at ontheair@wellspringmiami.org. Again, you can find a way to contact them at wellspringmiami.org.